Welcome to the podcast. Here are your hosts, Sam and Chris. So Chris, how you been the last two weeks? I haven't seen you in a while. Been well. First of all, that intro was amazing. There are four people clapping, which is uh, perfectly appropriate for this. Um, but yeah, I've been well. So I uh, I've gotten acclimated um, here in Amsterdam and um, actually found some people who don't hate me, uh, which is very rare for me. Um, and so uh, it's it's been nice, actually, you know, in all honesty, um, it's it's a breath of fresh air for me um, in a lot of ways. And I know we're going to talk a little bit about, um, you know, why I came, you know, differences between the two. But I've been very happy with the move so far. So I've been really well. How about you? So I'm good, man. Uh, it's freezing cold here, though. It's the last, I don't know, the last week or so. It's been single digits or zero. We had a bit of a tiny bit of snow, but that shut the schools down for a couple of days because everybody here is, you know, just really quick to shut schools down. And uh, it's been kind of strange for that. I'm sick of it. You know, like I like one snow and then I'm done and I'm ready yeah. for summertime again. I don't even care if it's 120 degrees. I'd rather that than this. But but I mean, otherwise, pretty good. So, yeah, I can't complain. Well, as you know, I was in Norway a couple of weekends ago for a wine dinner a friend was throwing and it was warmer in Norway than it was in Tulsa the weather's by about weird. 10 degrees. Yeah. It was yeah, crazy. I, I mean, I yeah, that you guys, you guys got it bad. So yeah. I mean, congratulations on Tulsa beating Europe in cold. Yeah. We beat you <laughs> that guys. That was awesome. Beat you yeah. in the cold in the cold score. So, okay. Right. So let's just, let's just start with why uh, you're, why you picked Amsterdam because I think when you told me at the end of last year you were going to live overseas and we talked about doing this and all this and you were going to be in Amsterdam and you're going to be in Lyon and all that, that was really cool. But we never really talked about why, why you picked Amsterdam in the first place of all the places you could yeah, pick. Yeah, it's, it's a great question. And we should talk about why our parents picked Tulsa <laughs> way back in the day. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it, it's I'll tell you, first of all, one reason not for me to pick Amsterdam in my particular case is that everyone here is much taller than I am. Like I, you know me. I mean, I, I'm a little slightly below average height. I'm about five eight. Um, I I would say five eight and a half, being generous. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. But honestly, everyone here just towers over me. And the funny thing is, is that they sort of laugh about it uh, in a way that seems Dutchy friendly, right? But for example, today I was getting fitted for some suits. And the guy was, you know, talking about how I should get get it cut and everything. And he said, well, you know, you need the pants cut a certain way because height is a problem for you. And then he started to giggle. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Like, you don't giggle on that. And also, it's not a problem. Like, you know, anyway. But yeah, that's not a reason why I chose it. But uh, reasons why. I mean, architecturally, it's stunning. Historically, it's stunning. Um, uh, culturally, it's it's a really, really nice confluence of different cultures. Um, and so it's just a beautiful place to be. And everyone's very bright, which we can get into. But another issue is uh, related to my business. Um, as you know, I uh, own a company that's based in D.C. Um, and we're looking to expand it into Europe. And Amsterdam and the Netherlands uh, more generally has probably the most generous visa program for Americans. There's a treaty called the Dutch-American Friendship Treaty. makes it really easy to get a permanent residency visa here. And in fact, I got it. I got my card on Saturday, so it was it was easy to get that. And once you're once you have that, you could travel around Western Europe basically very easily. So that was that was a big reason. Um, and then also, honestly, their airport is very central. You can get kind of anywhere on it. So yeah, there are some really nice, um, touchy feely cultural reasons, uh, a lot of a lot of business reasons, but not a lot of 
stature reasons, <laughs> but it is what it is. It's been good. Um, what what made you choose Tulsa um, after you had been in New York and all over the world and, um, you know, just basically uh, making the world your own dominion? Um, why did you decide on, on Tulsa? So, uh, <laughs> I mean, I'd been in New York for 17 years and I was looking for a change of scenery. And uh, I had been back to visit Tulsa a couple times because I still have, you know, a couple friends here and, and stuff like that. And I just, uh, it, it was just like, you know, about the, about the most kind of harsh change of scenery you can get from Manhattan, right? Like it was, it, Tulsa, Tulsa to me is a town that kind of feels like it's caught in a time warp a little bit. And it's kind of endearing about it. You know, you like, you come back, you remember when we were in high school, we listened to KMOD, the rock station on the radio, and they played Journey and they played oh. ACDC and all that kind of stuff. Well, they played the same set list today. Like nothing's changed, right? Like KMOD is still, they're still playing the same list. And you can be driving around or walking around downtown after hours and the streets are deserted and it's dark and quiet and you feel like you're in the Outsiders movie or Rumblefish or something. Just like it just, you look around and the buildings are all the same and everything's all the same. And so, that's, uh, you know, it's on Route 66. It's got a bit of that kind of Americana sort of kitsch to it. And I sort of like that. But I really did not think I was moving back to stay. I thought I was coming back for, you know, for a lark for a year or two. And then it would drive me nuts. And I'd be right back in New York City. And, you know, but here I still am. It's a great spot. Yeah. And, you know, and, it, and it's interesting, the nostalgia that you talk about, because I agree. It, it, it Even though it's advanced in certain ways, um, it, it has pretty much stayed like it was. And I think that that's maybe part of the reason why the political ideology is basically stuck in the 80s as well. Um, they really haven't advanced past. Um, yeah, well, you know, we need to see someone inclusive in the world. But it is it is really nice that KMOD, the commode <laughs> a radio station is still playing like all of the 70s golden hits, you know, and, and, yeah, and weirder than that, spot. like people listen to the radio here still, too. Right. Like, I don't know. I think yeah. I went about. 30 years without ever listening to the radio. And here I am back in Tulsa. I'm driving a car around. I'm listening to the radio. I mean, it's crazy. That's right. So do you think that Tulsa, and not to dwell too much on this question, but I like it, but do you, do you think that Tulsa, because of the energy industry that's been so prevalent there in the last 100 plus years, has... Um, you know, a, a lot of cash that has created a cultural infrastructure that's pretty unique for a town of its size. Do you think that, that that's fair to say? That That's what I've always liked about it. I mean, it has its own opera. It has its own ballet. It has its own symphony, that sort of thing that you don't expect from a town like Tulsa. Yeah. So there used to, you know, there was a time when Tulsa was kind of during the oil boom, it was kind of, you know, an international city, right? It was, they had a really busy airport. There's a stat about like at one point it was busier than London and Paris airports combined or something like that, because there was wow. so much going on here. And that's why the, that's why there's so much like deco architecture downtown. And that's why all, all that stuff. But but then obviously it kind of, you know, everything stopped. Um, so what would you say, you know, just kind of on that topic, because uh, I guess I can I can talk a little bit about Amsterdam and the things that I like and dislike about it. But what if you had any, what would you say would be the two best things about Tulsa and then maybe a really bad thing that you hate about Tulsa. Oh, so <laughs> oh, there's a lot of bad things about Tulsa, <laughs> you know, yeah, I just yeah, try not to, I try not to think about them. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, well, okay. So I still, you know, I, I still like the, uh, kind of time warp effect that I'm living in here. It's kind of fun, right. As long as I'm not, I don't feel like I'm totally locked down. I mean, I think one of the worst things about Tulsa is that it, it is kind of, 
is kind of isolated. You talked about Amsterdam being a great place to travel from because, you know, you can sort of, you're sort of central, you can kind of get anywhere and all that kind of stuff. Tulsa is not like that, right? You can't, there aren't really that many direct flights from Tulsa. So you're not going to New York without going through Houston or Chicago or whatever. So that, that gets a bit tedious, kind of feel like you're a bit, a bit locked in here. And I think that's one of the reasons that it's not really kind of developing as quickly as it might otherwise, just because, um, it's just not quite as easily accessible, you know, um, yeah. but you know, on the, on the upside, there's basically no laws here, which I kind of enjoy, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. seriously, like there's guy, there's like guidelines, like rough guidelines. You know, if you see a sign on the side of the street and it says no parking, what it's really saying is you yeah, go, just go ahead and park. Like everybody else is doing it. Nobody really cares. And you're right. So people won't be bothered. Just go ahead and park you wherever can you shoot want. People. Sure. You yeah. Can shoot you also, people if you feel you have a reason. You shoot people, <laughs> yeah, in your front yard too. Um, so that that gets a little bit old. That kind of mindset. But um, but yeah, man. So like, here's an example. I was driving. Uh, this is a couple of years ago, but I was driving to somewhere downtown, and it was early in the morning, and so there just wasn't any traffic, and it's just very quiet. And I was uh, I was irritated about something and lost in my thoughts, and whenever I blew right through a stop sign, you know. And I realized it after I did it. And then immediately, uh, you know, I got pulled over by a cop because I wasn't, it turned out the only person downtown, there was this cop who was sitting there doing nothing. So he pulled me over. And, uh, and I was like, oh, great, man. Just like, just what I need, right? I was already kind of having a bad morning. And now there's, now I'm getting a ticket for running through a stop sign. So, you know, I stopped and rolled down my window and he walks up and he's like, you know, how, how's it going? How are you doing this morning? And I said, I, so honestly, it's not a great morning, <laughs> you know? And he's like, yeah, you just, uh, you just blew through a stop sign. I said, I, I know. I, I realized it after I did it. I was, uh, my mind was elsewhere. I just, yeah, I was distracted. I just wasn't paying attention. And he's like, yeah, i tell you what. He's like, I'm going to, I'm going to think of a number between one and 10. And if you can tell me what it is, I'm going to let you go. And I said, it's seven. And he's like, that's it. All right, you have a good day and you be careful. And he walked and that was it, right? It was fine. It's not not just that he sort of was gonna let me go, but he wanted to make a game out of it. He wanted to kind of mock the whole thing. I thought it was just absolutely fantastic. I mean, it's really fun. That's hilarious. It's totally screw with people and have the policeman game show. And <laughs> so you did get let go for the number seven. Yeah, number seven. He said that was right. I'm pretty sure it was, right? I'm pretty sure that was the number he was thinking, but we'll of never know. It was. But I didn't get yeah, a ticket. Yeah. I mean, as long as you don't say a number that isn't between one and 10, I think you're right. <laughs> yeah, it's 11. Oh, I choked. 11. oh no, I'm, so, I'm such a bad morning. Totally choked. <laughs> I can't even get that right. Yeah. All right. So Amsterdam, right, you do it now. What's the worst thing about Amsterdam? Like, what's the one thing besides being the shortest guy there? Like, what's the one thing you, you got there, you've lived there for a while, like two or three weeks now. And you're like, oh man, I really, I really don't like this about it. Well, uh, the the worst thing, um, I, you know, it's it's such a lovely place. But I would say this is this really doesn't completely answer the question. But I would say it's actually Americans' perception of Amsterdam. So anytime I tell people, "Hey, I've moved to Amsterdam," um, they're all like, "Oh, all you want to do is hang out with prostitutes and like you know get, get completely loaded." And the fact is, is that that's not what the place is all about. There's a, a very concentrated area uh, of all of that. 
And I would, in fact, say from a drug perspective, um, you see a lot more of that in D.C. or in Tulsa uh, than you really randomly see in Amsterdam. It's almost like they've had it here for so long that they're just really responsible about it as compared to in Tulsa, where you could be driving down the highway and you can literally smell the weed from the car in front of you, even though it's like 100 feet away. So, so you know, the, the drug situation and the, and the red light district, that's not a bad thing because it's not really a pervasive thing. It's more, I think, Americans' perception of it. But, um, you know, an, another really bad thing is um, Dutch food is horrific. Um, uh, not terrific, horrific. Um, it's not even sort of what you'd expect in German food, but it's mostly what you'd expect to eat if you just didn't like food. It's just kind of mushy and fried. Maybe <laughs> you didn't like food and you were also like just drunk all the time. <laughs> it's it's not great, um, but they do because of their confluence of cultures. They do have a lot of different types of restaurants to choose from. So um, those are good and bad, but I would say, you know, on, on, uh, obviously, on on all of it, it's a beautiful place, and the people are incredibly kind. They all know they most of them know English and want to speak English. Um, and to a person, everyone is just so nice. Um, there is, however, one little twist: is that even though they're very kind, they are still protective of their Amsterdam Dutch culture um, to the extent that they speak Amsterdam Dutch to each other. And try to keep that little grouping, of, you know, among themselves. And they also are exclusive of people who come from other areas of the Netherlands. So I have a friend who's from Maastricht, which is in the south of the Netherlands. And she complains that she comes to Amsterdam and she can't hang out with Amsterdamers because they don't like people with her accent, which is weird. So on the one hand, they're very uh, accommodating and, and very welcoming. But on the other hand, um, they definitely want to preserve their own shit. So but, you know, one thing that is interesting about this place is how different transportation is here as compared to Tulsa. Um, for example, everyone kind of knows that people like to ride bikes and walk here. Um, what are your thoughts on people who ride bikes or walk in Tulsa? Because <laughs> I have an opinion about this. Right. Too. I mean, I, I think that's a that's a layup question. Right. <laughs> so if 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 somebody's. <laughs> If somebody's on a bike in downtown Tulsa, they're either like all kitted out like Lance Armstrong and they're, you know, doing their their long ride because they're training for something or they're part of a bike group or whatever, or they've got all their belongings strapped onto it. And that's kind of <laughs> how they how they kind of get around and move their house to the next place for the night. I mean, that's really there's really nothing in between there, except maybe like kids on kids bikes on the trail. So it's really it's crazy. Like. Well, here, but you have those bikes. I mean, but everybody drives bikes. Do you have a bike over there? So no, I don't. I don't enjoy maintaining bikes. I enjoy walking. But the the funny thing about bikes is, yeah, I mean, they've all got the sort of cliche, like sort of city cruiser with the milk crate on the front. And some people try to get creative about the milk crate. But generally speaking, they all do it, and they do it when it's just bone cuttingly cold too, which is impressive because riding a bike when it's cold is horrific. But one thing that I found interesting about it because they are devoted walkers and bikers. But one thing that's kind of bad in a way is that even though they're this incredibly eco-friendly culture, whenever they dredge the canals, have you ever seen video of them dredging canals here? No. Maybe not. So they they every now and then have to clean up the canal, right? Because stuff, stuff falls in it or whatever. And whenever they dredge it, what they do is they take this big crane with a claw and they just start grabbing stuff out of the canal to clean it. And every grab of the claw probably is about 20 to 30 bicycles oh wow and so 
you so what people do here is first of all you know a lot of ball bicycles just fall into the canal right but then the other thing is if their bicycle has broken down and gone bad they do what they call the funeral for the bike and they ceremoniously push their bike into the canal which is just a fucking horrible thing to do but anyway so with everything there are good things and there are bad things but um i do not have a bike because you know i don't want to change tires and do all that nonsense but i do like to walk um and what are your thoughts on walking in tulsa i walk nobody else uh, walks that's not true yeah. there's probably i bet you there's maybe even half a dozen people here that that walk but it, it, yeah you know people six go people yeah up to six i was like five or six they people go out for walks like on the on the you know i'm on the river here right so the river park trail is kind of right there outside my door and they people walk on the on the river trail and stuff like that but the, but the walking is not about getting somewhere the walking is about kind of going for a walk right and getting some exercise and not not running or something so um i I miss walking places. I remember when I lived in New York City, yeah. I mean, you know, I didn't have a car for 15 of those 17 years. And the only reason I had one at the end there was just because it was a car I wanted. I didn't use it to drive around the city. It's just not a practical thing. So you either take the subway or you walk. And, you know, to walk a few miles a day is kind of a pretty typical day there. And it's you see more things when you walk, right? And it's just kind of a better, healthier kind of lifestyle i think when you're walking a lot and you're sort of out in the air and not always in a car i have you know i have to drive my car a ton my mom lives you know 20 minutes away by car the girls school is 20 minutes away taekwondo is 20 minutes I think everything's kind of uh down in the area that i left when i moved downtown so that's sort of the price i pay for that but around downtown i can i can get to anywhere downtown you know in 20 minutes walking 25 minutes and i can yeah drag the dog along and if it's not 120 degrees out it's fantastic so um i miss i miss cities I say, that are walking yeah. cities yeah yeah do you think the difference in walking in tulsa is that even though it might take the same amount of time for you to walk from your place to downtown um there's nothing in between there whereas in a city the fun part is to be walking with stuff to look at and experience in between where you are in your destination it's still fun to walk because i love to walk in tulsa too because as, as you know my place is really a walkable bunch of stuff like yours but there's just something there's just nothing in between is that is that challenging does that make it less desirable to walk i think that's a little bit of a a, a diss i think you're you're trying to imply to our audience that i kind of live away from everything and and there's kind of nothing between me and civilization. That's not true at all. Like I can walk downtown and I'll, you know, I'll pass, I'll be, I'm on the edge of downtown. So, um, you know, it, it's not uninteresting, but you are sort of walking across a highway sometimes. And, and so, so it's not like, it's not, it's not like walking around Brooklyn Heights, right. Or probably yeah. okay. Amsterdam. Yeah. But it's not, it's not bad or boring. And, you know, I can come back a different way than I went and I, I sort of enjoy the walk. I did not mean that as a diss. I uh, <laughs> this podcast has now broken down. <laughs> already gone off the rails. Yeah, that is funny. Yeah, because I'm sure I, I, you know, people when I lived there would take pictures of me walking somewhere when they saw me driving by, and they'd be like, "What the fuck are you doing?" But then I guess you have a little bit of a buffer because you are with a dog. I think that if you're with a dog, then that means that you're not a prostitute or homeless. <laughs> the dog, the dog helps it's, it's, a lot. Right. It, it really yeah. helps allay yeah. the, the concerns of, of everybody. But I don't always walk with the dog. So she's she's what, almost 11 years old now and just kind of has the best attitude, but especially if it's hot and it gets super hot here, as you know, 
she just can't. I mean, I, I tried, I have taken her on long walks and I tried that, uh, on a 195 degree day or whatever. And it wasn't like I wasn't giving her water or whatever, but we got about three miles away from the house and she just quit. She just, you know, lay down in the middle of the sidewalk and simply wouldn't move. And she weighs 55 pounds. So there's nothing, there's nothing I, I can't pick her up and carry her. And so I learned yeah, my lesson. Right. I learned my lesson. So if, unless, unless it's a nice kind of temperate, cool day with a pleasant breeze and, and it's a reasonable length, I won't take her, but I'll walk her to downtown, stop for a beer, walk her back. By the way, speaking of, what are you drinking? You, you have uh, anything to drink? You know what? I, um, it's a little bit late. So the last one we did, it was early for me. It was like nine o'clock, right? So I was kind of still feeling like it was morning around here. So it's 11 now, 1130, whatever. So we're like getting to be the middle of the day. So, uh, but I'm in a rut. So, so two, you try two to drink two. less. <laughs> I'm having the same. Yeah. <laughs> I'm having the same thing I had last time. And it's, uh, it's going to run out here pretty soon. That's pretty delicious. I mean, it's just a. It's like a wimpy, it's like a wimp's martini. It's like a martini, but then with some grapefruit juice in it. So it's good. That, that, oh, way, yeah, that yeah, makes yeah. it feel yeah. like a morning, a morning thing. Yeah, that's good. It, it makes you feel better about yourself. Yeah, feel better about myself. I do whatever I can to feel better about myself. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what we all do? I mean, that's a good question. Not to get into like existential stuff, but isn't <laughs> what we do, isn't what we do uh, every day and in every second, every decision we make every second, for example, like you putting grapefruit juice into your gin um, is an attempt to just make yourself happier. Like if you decide to get angry at someone, that's going to make you feel good. It's all just about how we can possibly feel good. And in that decision in your instant of I don't want to drink just cold gin, I'll put some grapefruit juice in it to make me feel better. Isn't that what we would do on just a second by second basis if we're sane people? So this does kind of get existential, right? Because I think if you're a, if you're a, a, an introspective person, like maybe to a fault, like I feel like I've kind of become, you spend a lot of time thinking about, so the short answer is yes, but the longer answer is, you know, are you going to play a short game? Or are you going to play a long game? Right? Like, are you, are you going to, are you going to do it for the moment? Or are you, are you kind of lining things up sort of for some point in the future and, and all that kind of stuff? And, and if you can do, if you can kill two birds with one stone, then that's, that's the best. And then you get in this thing where you overthink everything and you're like, man, I just need a, I need a beer. So I slow my brain down a little bit. Well, or let's apply this to drinking. So, uh, which is <laughs> our favorite topic. So, so the decision of what's going to make me feel good now, short term versus long, short game versus long game. So you arrive at a date and you're at a nice bar or at a nice restaurant and you want a martini, right? That's going to taste the best, right? Um, what's the short game versus the long game decision-making there on what's going to make you feel best? You, uh, are you talking about, we are talking about everything, right? You're talking about perception. You're talking about keeping your wits about you. You're talking about like all, all of the factors. Is that, is that right? Yeah. So, so the, the long game part I would say is you don't want her to think you're drunk. And so you don't want to start with two martinis and you also don't want to get wasted by the, like the first hour of of, of the uh, of the dinner. And so the long game thing would be don't drink two martinis to start the dinner. But mm. the short game is, is that you're excited to be at this date and martinis taste really good. And it also feels good to drink two martinis. So the short game is you do that. So I would probably, honestly, I, 
I would take the short game and then just rely on my incredibly high alcohol tolerance to take me through all of those long game issues. What do I you have think? a, <laughs> I have a really good a friend. Um, he was kind of a mentor for a little while back in my, uh, back in my banking days in New York city. And, and, you know, one of the things that he, he was just always just really up for kind of giving all kinds of advice to people. And you couldn't just dismiss it because he was a pretty accomplished dude. And, you know, like a, he's an Iron Man and he's, you know, he's a very senior guy at the bank and he'd done all these things. And so like, you know, you sort of listen to him when he's talking and, and he loves giving advice. And, you know, a lot of it's in one ear out the other, or it's kind of, you know, about a, a situation at the moment. But the one thing that he said that stuck with me to this day, which is a long time, <laughs> was like, do hard stuff. Like just do hard stuff. And I like that because I, that's kind of, I, I, I feel like I sort of go out of my way to do hard stuff. So to answer your question, two martinis now is obviously the right decision now, but in 30 minutes or 45 minutes, I might question whether that was the right decision then. Um, but that, but, but in a way you can say, well, it's, I'm just doing hard stuff, right? I'm just gonna, I'm gonna challenge put myself yourself, in a position, <laughs> challenge myself, see, like, see how I, See how I do it. Like, see how I get through it. Or I not, love it. You know, doing hard stuff, literally and figuratively. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, it's going to be hard for me to drink eight ounces of hard liquor. So I'm going to do before that. she gets here. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And yeah, but then the other hard question is: Do you tell her you've already had three martinis before she arrived? I don't think you just. Or do you see? If I don't she think can you tell. open with that. But if she asks, then you know that's you know it's yeah, there's probably no avoiding it. Yeah, I had, yeah, a, I had I a martini or two or three. I don't know. I think I think that this whole this whole discussion around um, you know long game versus short game and how you make decisions and doing hard stuff versus doing easy stuff and and kind of balancing all that is 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 enough. I think we could talk about that for an entire episode. I think it's it's kind of a existential discussion. It would be really fun because because for me, I went to an extreme. I think of kind of doing things the hard way just for the sake of doing that for a little while. And I've come back, right. I've come, I've reeled it back in a bit lately. <laughs> I've gotten a little bit more yeah. practical because I've had to. And um, so there's a, there's a middle ground there, I think, but it's, it's fun to think about. As Steely Dan says, you are reeling in the years. <laughs> yeah. Reeling them in. <laughs> not sure. too much though. Not yeah. too much. You've still got some hard stuff in front of you and I hope I do too. But well, cool. Well, so what what do we have? And we we have fun stuff in store. Uh, we have uh, well, we're going to attempt some fan mail next time, right? Um, we've been I, just getting flooded with letters. I was surprised, to be honest, that we didn't receive any uh, fan mail in the past two <laughs> weeks. But maybe maybe my expectations were a bit high. I'm sure we'll have some by by the first episode in a couple of weeks here. So we have that to look forward to. We have uh, many other topics that are going to be fun, and we also get to hear the outro right outro is that what you call it let's uh yeah let's let's say goodbye now and i'll cue her up and then uh we'll see what we think about yeah 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 and let it and all of our listeners let us think of what let us know what you think about the intro and outro the podcast comes at you every couple weeks from various points around the big pond find all the episodes online at podcast.show or on your favorite listening app For those of you who like pretty pictures, we're also on Instagram at podcast.show.